Today's case will talk about a Wisconsin crime from 2012. Because of it, a law that existed in more than 30 US states was completely annulled. Stay tuned for today's story so you can understand everything that happened to Alicia Bromfield. Alicia Bromfield was born on August 28, 1990 in Illinois, United States. She was the youngest daughter of Sherry and James. The couple had three children, Chase, Colton and Alicia. When she was still a child, her parents separated and Sherry later met and married a man called Joseph and they had two more children, Luke and Brianna. Alicia was considered by family and friends to be a kind and hard-working person. At the age of 21, she was in her last semester studying forensic psychology, specialising in criminal justice. She was also six months pregnant with a baby girl who would be called Ava Luciel. Alicia was going to be a single mother because the baby's father had decided he didn't want to marry her. Despite this, she was very proud of being able to raise her daughter alone, as her mother raised her alone for a period following her parents' separation. Alicia had worked since the age of 16 in the garden department at the Home Depot, one of the largest department store chains in the United States. She really enjoyed her work and was reportedly very dedicated. At work, her manager was a man named Brian Cooper, who was 36 years old. The two became close and a friendship outside the professional environment was established. But over time, Brian developed an obsession towards Alicia. He constantly asked her to go out with him after work, which she always rejected. Little by little, he began to behave abusively towards her at work. Brian forced Alicia to undertake tasks that were not her responsibility. He complained about small, unimportant issues that did not warrant much attention. He began to turn the job she loved into a real hell. He also started telling co-workers that Alicia was his girlfriend, which she denied. The problem was that she was very afraid that by rejecting him, she would end up losing her job. He threatened her with dismissal. Being pregnant, it would be impossible to get a new job that could provide her with maternity leave. The two ended up developing a dependent relationship which involved, on Alicia's part, the need for a job, and on Brian's part, platonic love. Alicia continued to reject Brian's invitations to go out with him, but she always did it in a very polite way. He insisted and insisted and one time she ended up accepting. The invitation was to his sister's wedding. The wedding would take place in Door County, Wisconsin, a location almost five hours away by bus. Several members of his family would go along too. Alicia had in fact been coerced into accepting because she had been threatened with dismissal if she did not accept. Brian booked a room at Sand Bay Beach Resort and on their arrival on August 18, 2012, they had an argument. At that moment, Alicia called her mother Sherry, saying that Brian had booked a hotel that is not the same one his family would be staying at. She was so angry that had decided to come back home that night. A little later, Sherry sent a message to her daughter. Alicia replied that they had just sorted it out and that she had decided to stay. 
The wedding took place, and Brian walked his sister down the aisle. At the wedding party after Brian and Alicia had fun, ate, drank, and in the early hours of the 19th they returned to the hotel to sleep. The next morning Brian showed up at a gas station completely soaked, as if he had just gotten out of a swimming pool. He asked the select attendant to call 911 and to give him the phone. Hello? Yes? I'd like to report a murder, please. A murder? Yeah. Okay. What is your name? Brian Cooper. You know for sure that a murder occurred? Yes. Do you know if it was today that this happened? Last night. Did you witness it? Yes. You witnessed it? Okay. Do you know where her body is? In the room. Sand Bay Beach Resort? Something like that? Do you know who murdered her? I did. You did? Okay. Was it an accident or were you angry or...? It was intentional. It was intentional? No. Okay. Well, you're doing the right thing. I'm glad you called me. I'm a good person besides what I just had. I wish your family's gonna flip. Brian confessed to the crime. He was crying, saying he regretted his actions and that he was a good person. The dispatcher remained on the line with Brian until the police arrived a few minutes later. He was detained and taken to the police station. Police officers arrived at the crime scene. Investigator Mark Winker entered the hotel room and saw Alicia's body lying on the floor. She was covered with a sheet. When they removed it, they saw that the young woman had her head resting on a pillow without clothes, with some bruises and scratches on her body, but no blood loss. They theorized that the cause of death was due to strangulation. Brian was questioned at the police station. Initial questions included what brought Brian to Door County, who he came with, how had he met Alicia, what was their relationship like. By collecting the information in chronological order, they could arrive at the facts of the night of the crime. We got back to the hotel and she just went bed and into the bed. I was drinking. Did she fall asleep? Yes. And what was going through your mind when she was asleep? The reality was setting in that there wasn't going to be even a friendship when we got back, which was today. You didn't want that to happen? I do it not. Okay. I was debating what I was doing and so I was doing some prepping and like thinking about her harming her. Okay. So you're doing some prepping. What kind of prepping? Well, I put uh, some cords on, on, on. I was thinking about maybe tying her up or whatever, <laughs> but I didn't. So there was some cords like underneath the bed legs. It was like a cord from like a cell phone or something i remember i got with a plug in it maybe it was from my computer i don't remember okay. exactly what it was yeah, it was like a white one and a black one right were you thinking of tying her up or strangling her with that no i was thinking of like tying her legs tying her but, legs. Then, but as she was sleeping she was moving her legs so then i just said that's so when she's sleeping on the bed where were you I was just pacing outside and coming inside, having a cigarette, coming back inside. She's asleep. Were you getting more angry? I was. 
You were getting more angry? Maybe I wouldn't call it angry. Frustrated. Frustrated. Hurt. Feeling hurt. And then, and then I laid in bed. And then what happened? I mean, you decided, you know. And she woke up a little bit, and then I mentioned something about, because we watch um, this TV show that I have on DVDs, mm-hmm. um, and we were planning on doing it this coming Sunday. Okay, so you asked her about maybe watching a show on Sunday, and what was her response? Like, there was going to be a Sunday right. with us? Right. And that's that, that kind of triggered. And that's the trigger. Right. Then what did you do? Then I kind of just jumped on her. And okay, was she on her back? She was. And I jumped her and she got scared. So I got you on top of her then? Yeah. And, and you kind of straddled over her? Yeah. And then I just started strangling her. With your hands? With my hands. And what did she do? She, fight, she did fight back, and then she was yelling about the baby. <laughs> they don't do it to me because of the baby. She bit your finger? She bit me a finger, and then we rolled off the bed. And then where she was laying, mm-hmm. that's where it happened. Did you have sex with her last night? Yeah, after after I strangled her. So after she's dead, took her clothes off, and then she's on the floor, right? Right. I just wanted to, like, see her naked, I guess. Okay. And then did you take your clothes off, or were you already? I just, yes. I just took my pants off. How long did you have sex? I had or two, maybe three tops. From here, Brian explains in detail the second crime he had committed, something that the police had no knowledge of. He had abused Alicia's body. He also added that after this, he tried to take his own life with a knife and a corkscrew, but he didn't have the strength or courage to hurt himself. He later slept, and the next morning he drove to a lake close to the resort. He entered the water intending to drown himself, but he could not do that either. Then he went to the nearest gas station he could find and called the police. Brian answered all the questions without holding back any information. He cried a lot and accepted his responsibility for the crime. Ten months later, in June 2013, his trial began. Despite his confession, he pleaded not guilty, claiming that he had been drunk and did not know what he was doing. At this time, the state of Wisconsin had a law called voluntary drunkenness. This law allowed defendants to claim that they were heavily inebriated when a crime was committed and thus they could not be held responsible for their actions. This was to be Brian's defence. At the trial, further evidence of Brian's obsession with Alicia was unearthed. The police found several videos on his notebook that he had taken of her with a hidden camera placed in his house bathroom. To earn extra money, Alicia would often collect and walk Brian's dog. At his house, she sometimes used his bathroom, He had placed a hidden camera there to video her. He had even installed a camera in the bathroom of the hotel where they were staying. After five days, the jury found him guilty and sentenced him to four years in prison, but only for the crime of sexual abuse. Regarding the crime of murder, the jurors could not reach a consensus due to the voluntary drunkenness law. Because of this, the accused was entitled to a new trial even though he had confessed to his actions the day after the crime. 
Sherry was unhappy with this and launched a campaign against this defence of voluntary drunkenness. She used all her time and energy to get the most signatures on a petition and all her work was worth it. The voluntary drunkenness law was banned not only in Wisconsin but also in 31 other states. At his second trial, almost a year later, Brian was found guilty of murdering Alicia and her baby and received a life sentence for each crime. My name is Sherry Anisich. I am the mother of Alicia and the grandmother of Ada Lucille. On August 19th, nine big days before Alicia's 22nd birthday, Brian Cooper viciously ended the exceptional life of my daughter and her unborn child. I love my daughter. She lit up every room with her beautiful smile and contagious laugh. I couldn't protect her from this murderer. I wasn't able to say goodbye and tell her everything she meant to me. She was so excited to become a mother. She loved her baby more than anything. She had no idea of the evilness that would soon take it all away. Even in the end, she pleaded for her baby's life, which meant everything to her. Like all mothers, I always hoped my daughter would be safe, but that wasn't true at all. She attended a wedding and was murdered that night. She has gone forever from me and is like someone ripped my heart and soul and left me with a gaping emptiness. This emptiness scares me because it reminds me I will never see her smiling face, feel her warm hugs, hear her voice, or that laugh again. There is no justice for Alicia and Ava Lucille. However, we know she would want to protect the future lives of innocent women and children by ensuring this predatory killer and rapist spends the rest of his life in prison. I would like to thank the local law enforcement and district attorney's office for their handling of this horrific crime. I am pleased with the charges which reflect this monster's evil intentions, the brutalities of the crime, and the blatant disrespect for life. I would also like to thank the people of Door County and Plainfield, Illinois for their kind words of comfort, concern, and prayer. And I ask that you continue to pray for Alicia, Ava Lucille, and our family. Alicia was a happy, fun-loving, and proud, beautiful woman who was excited and proud to become a mother. She had a long and wonderful life ahead of her filled with great promise, joy, and laughter. We miss her terribly, but believe with continued support and prayer, we will have the strength to get us through this horribly difficult time. As sad as this case is, we have to consider the positive side, which was Sherry's strength. She faced her daughter's killer in court, twice, and also managed to successfully overturn this archaic law which existed in more than 30 states in the United States. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, Venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. 